cabins connected by a roofed breezeway or dog trot. Piled in stacks, perhaps 18 inches high, about six feet apart, foundations discouraged insects that could bore into the logs and destroy them. Jonathan and the boys had cut oak trees tall enough to make logs 20 and 16 feet long. Piles of these ranged around the foundations, trimmed and hewn on two sides as smooth as broad axe and foot ads could make them. The Weremen folk rived out what Jonathan reckoned were close to five thousand oak shingles to roof the cabins and the ten-foot space between. Everything was ready. As Christy scrambled back and forth, adjusting the ropes, she thought of the neighbors she knew best, Ethan Hayes and Hester Ballard, and how she'd met them. As soon as Ellen's pride, her silver-laced Wyandots, the most vulnerable of the Ware's creatures, had a log house, Christie's father and brothers, 14-year-old Thos and 16-year-old Charlie, cleared and plowed several acres of bottomland. Stumps of black walnut, hackberry, oak, and hickory jutted from the broken earth to be grubbed or burned out as time allowed. Logs that could be used for fences or buildings were snaked by the oxen or horses to wherever they'd be the handiest. Christian Thoss had planted that first field to corn, following rough furrows that were little more than big clumps of sod bound by interlaced roots, ancient. Undisturbed by the fires that swept through prairie and woodland after the first frost, when sear high grass would explode from lightning or a chance spark, the family had sold their harrow, so Jonathan had made one by attaching four stout-limbed branches to an oak bar the horses could drag across the plowed land to break up the clumps. Brother and sister carried hatchets. Where they found no cleft in the earth, they chopped niches in clods and covered the seed corn. They also planted pumpkin seeds to be protected by the growing corn and string beans to grow up along the stalk. In Illinois, Jonathan and the boys had done all the planting, but here, Christy had to help, and she was glad. Planting was much more to her taste than carding, spinning, and weaving. The earth smelled rich and moist, and where it was crumbly, felt good to her bare feet. And it was magic that seeds would grow into green, bladed corn taller than her head. Leafy vines with plump orange globes, and other vines weighted with flavorful green beans. Nor had it all been work. As summer came on and the creek warmed, Christy and her brothers had swum in a limestone-bottomed hole near the house, and often there'd be a free hour or two when they could explore up and down the creek and in the woods around their clearing. Their best discovery had been a cave in the bluffs to the south. A low entrance opened into a chamber large enough for a score of people— and fantastic shapes formed by drips from the ceiling glittered in the muted light. It must have been used by Indians, because a limestone slab near the opening had been hollowed out for grinding. A stone pestle rested at the edge. Who had used it last, and when? These pleasures, though, had been surrounded by all that had to be done. The shorthorn oxen, Moses and Pharaoh, Brass knobs gleaming from the tips of their curving horns, broken acre for sorghum cane, and a small plot for a garden. The sleek white animals, 
each weighing about 2,700 pounds, worked best for Thos. He praised and rubbed them down after their labor and put dollops of sorghum molasses in their grain. While the menfolk had planted the cane that would produce the family sweetening once the big barrel and the wagon was gone, Christy and her mother had attacked the clods of the garden with spade, pitchfork, and hoe, but the sod roots had to decay before the earth could nourish tame seeds. Still, they had planted chunks of potato, each with two eyes, and were planting peas when a plump woman with light brown hair escaping her sunbonnet had jogged up on a little white mule with a couple of big sacks tied behind the saddle. "'I'm Hester Ballard, and please don't Miss Ballard me!' She had slid off the mule and given it a soft word and a pat. She had an open, kind face, eager and waiting, like a flower turned toward what the heavens...